Besides narcissism being a fad word out there, it's something that everybody's talking about, everybody's a narcissist, et cetera, et cetera. What do you actually need to know? Like, what does it actually mean when you boil it down to being like, this is narcissism, this is what I'm experiencing, this is what I'm dealing with? You might be in a relationship today that you're struggling because you don't actually understand the toxic things that are happening in the relationship. And you get to the place where you start to realize like, wait a second, like that actually matches up. Like there's a piece of how he's being abusive to me that matches up of, hey, he said this and like, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even match up to reality. Something's off. And you get this gut feeling of something's wrong. Well, I want to be able to break down for you today, like defining narcissism, walking through some of the symptoms, causes, treatment, different things that we talk about narcissism to just try to paint another picture of this is what we're dealing with. One of the biggest things I find in talking to people every single day across the globe is the lack of understanding about narcissism and not just from society and like pop psychology, but from even therapists. Oftentimes I talk to therapists or counselors that I'll do a one-on-one -on -one with them and they've been sucked into a toxic relationship and they're like, I should have known better. I should have seen this. And hands down, almost every single time, one of the things they say is I've learned about this in school, but it doesn't look this way in real life. They're not connecting the pieces that need to be connected to actually understand what it is. So we're going to do that today. We're going to work on connecting some of the actual pieces. So what is narcissism? Narcissism is a personality disorder that oftentimes is dependent on this aspect of shame avoidance. How do I actually avoid getting impacted with guilt and shame? Now, some people are like, oh, it doesn't have shame. They don't feel bad because they just continue doing the things that they're going to do. That's correct because they're going to continue moving forward. The compartmentalize, make sure that it doesn't actually hurt them, continues moving forward. But it is has, it does have an underlying sense of I am running from shame. And I'm running from shame so fast that I'm willing to run over you in order to get away from shame. Even if that means hurting you in a narcissist's mind, that's okay. Because all that really matters is myself and my own safety of running from that shame, running from that guilt that I don't want to be accountable to. So when we're talking about this aspect of narcissism, a lot of it becomes very abusive in nature. Now, people that believe that that's calling narcissists like ableists and that I'm attacking them, all that kind of stuff, like it's whatever, okay? But it is abusive in nature. I'm just going to say that because of the entitlement, because of the grandiosity, because of the manipulation, exploitative behavior, like all those things you don't have in a relationship and being like, oh my gosh, it's loving and connected. It's abusive. Some of the terms narcissism came from Greek mythology, from Narcissus, and this aspect, there's a whole story about this, I think I've done a video on it, but the whole story in this, and basically he falls in love with his image, and he's unwilling to actually take care of himself because he's more infatuated with his image. Same thing with narcissism. I'm more infatuated with my image than I am with actually working on myself. So as a result, do anything I can to keep that image, to keep that false sense of self. There's many different types of narcissism. Well, a lot of times we talk about grandiose narcissists or like overt narcissists, like the assholes that you're like, oh my gosh, like, yep, that's a narcissist. And then you talk about the vulnerable kind, more of the covert, the humble, the shy ones that you're like, oh man, like they're, they, they hate the drama, but they're always in the drama actually. So there's like this underlying, we've got malignants, we've got communal, we've got a bunch of different types and they have like different styles and pieces and all this kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, some of the traits are just the same. Some of the characteristics fall under the same aspect. So if you didn't know, there's nine different traits. I'm not going to go through all nine specifically because I have a couple of videos about that talking about going through the DSM-5, breaking it down. But there's nine traits specifically that a person needs to go through and see like, hey, do I check these boxes of having narcissistic personality disorder? And if I do, or if I only have a few, 
Or if I have all of them, what do I do about it? Like actually putting in the effort to actually grow, heal, and change and develop, that's what really matters. At the end of the day, I don't really care about putting a label on someone. For me, it was freeing. For me, it was saying, this is what I am. Now I can attack it. Now I can work on it. Now I can dive deep, figure out what it is, and start changing the behaviors and the actions and the thought process that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. For other people, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm a narcissist. That means I can't do anything. Well, screw this. I'll just do whatever. Okay, Those people don't want change. They don't care about change. And they're limited by their own beliefs. When we talk about narcissism, we talk about narcissistic traits. If you feel like you have any narcissistic traits, reach out for help. So let's start working on them. If you feel like there's a piece of you that's toxic, okay, let's identify it. Let's view the facts. Let's deal with it. Let's work on it instead of just being like, well, can't fix that. And so when we talk about narcissism, I, don't care, I care less about the label than I do about the actions, the behaviors, and what you're doing to change them. Whoever Whoever you are, whatever aspect is toxic, anything like that. We're going to dive in, okay? Characteristics of narcissism. A lot of times we talk about the grandiose, grandiosity, like the sense of superiority and self-importance, like I am the best ever. A lot of times this comes with a giant aspect of entitlement. Now, I want you to consider, like, if you're at the place where you're like, ah, if I'm the best ever, like the number one in the world, like the king of the universe, if I'm this best person, why would I not be entitled to stuff? Why should people not give stuff to me? Why should I not be able to do what I want? Like the logic slowly like starts to match up of like, hey, I'm number one. Am I actually number one? No, I'm putting up that mask, but I'm number one. And then from there, I'm entitled to everything that you have to offer because I'm number one. Like you should. So like the thought process gets gets a little funky for some people to understand, but that's what's actually going on underneath the surface when we talk about the grandiosity and being number one. The world revolves around me. That's the idea. Now, when we talk about it from the aspect of being vulnerable on the covert side, this becomes a victim aspect. And a victim, a shy, a humble person is still number one. They're just not proclaiming it. But they're waiting for people to say it. They're waiting for people to pump them up. A lot of times you see the vulnerable narcissist be the victim in different relationships and be the person that avoids and hates the drama but is always caught up in it or is always behind the scenes navigating a lot of the drama. Sometimes this is where they're just the center of it but it doesn't appear to be. With this, they're still seeking the attention. They're still seeking the aspects of it but it is more hidden. It's not as much of the grandiosity of like, oh, I'm an arrogant person, I'm all this... It's more hidden, but there still is that arrogance there of what's happening in the mind, what they're actually thinking and how they're actually processing. Some of the other aspects of the characteristics is the admiration and the attention. Narcissists are attention seeking, like they want to get attention from other people. The thing is, the majority of the time they're looking for attention for validation. Make me feel better. Like, make, like, pump me up, make me look better, like, feed my mask so I feel better than who I actually am. There's all this, like, back and forth kind of piece, but it's like, I'm looking for attention, I'm looking for validation, look at me. That's the thought process. Oftentimes, it's because a narcissist is viewing themselves as being special, being unique. Like, I can only connect with certain unique people. Like, these people are below me, these people are beneath me. Grandiosity, entitlement, all these different pieces trying to be like, oh, I only am this way for certain people. I'm not going to connect with you. You're beneath me. That's like the thought process of looking down on other people. We talk about as well, narcissists being very manipulative. This is where gaslighting comes in and controlling behaviors. Where they're trying to be able to control other people to be able to affect the mask and the image that they put out there. 
oftentimes this becomes very confusing and you get very confused of like, wait a second, I don't even know what to believe because they're walking you through so many different aspects. This is where they word salad, where they start to blame shift, where they start to project. They start to exploit you to be able to get whatever they want. Sometimes you'll see this aspect of being envious over you, envious over others, or thinking that others are envious over them. You gonna see that person? Yeah, they think I'm amazing. Like that pumped up piece that's like, I know that person's envious of me. It's crazy, but that's how it works. And then last but not least, when we're talking about the characteristics, a lot of it comes down to this aspect of a lack of empathy. Now, a lot of times people are like, this is exactly what it is. They have no empathy whatsoever. And a lot of times we see that in narcissistic relationships. No care. They don't care about you. They don't care about your friends. They don't care about your kids. They care about the mask. They care about the image. They care about the money more than they do about anything else. And that lack of empathy starts to control and starts to put out in so many different ways. You're like, they say they care, but they're not demonstrating it at all. Now, a lot of times we see this with this lack of empathy because there's no core, there's no like, there's no sense of self actually there to be able to recognize, hey, I recognize you. I recognize your feelings. I'm holding back. I'm refusing to actually recognize your feelings and emotions. I'm not actually going to connect with that. So what's actually caused a lot of narcissism? I believe along with some people that narcissism is formed, not born. I think there's an aspect that you can have a predisposition to it based on the house that you were brought into or the things that transpired even in the womb. I think there's a lot of different pieces that come into play. Early on, in like zero to three months, like this aspect of having a disconnection with the primary caregiver. I think that can like predisposition people into having the possibility of becoming more narcissistic. But it is because of the things that have happened. Their environment makes the difference. It makes the difference of how that person is actually starting to process, determine, and feel different things. Now, this could be from neglect. This could be from emotional abuse, mental, sexual abuse. This could be from overbearing parents or over-enabling parents, both sides of the spectrum. This could be someone that's focused on, you need to achieve stuff. You need to do this and like po- focus on just a works idea of like, I have to do this to show up a certain way. And it starts to construct and build a mask for the individual. What is actually out there for treatment? Not much, right? I think the only thing someone asked the other day on a live, they were like, can a narcissist ever get help without professional help? And I was like, no. And even Lee was on live. He was like, no, I don't think so. Like it has to be therapy. And even with that, there's been mixed results. There hasn't been anything concrete because the end of the day, the narcissist has to be willing to actually approach the idea that they're not perfect, willing that they actually have something that's wrong that they need to work on and fix. There's not a medication, there's not a treatment out there, and there's not anything that they can just fix that, can just work on that. Can't just give them a pill or sprinkle pixie dust and they magically become better. With therapy, like that's what I do every single week. I practice mindfulness, I practice gratitude, I practice con- con- compassion, self-reflection. Like I practice like, trying to work on myself to rewire the thought process and the story that I'm believing. Because ultimately, a lot of times I've been believing a story that is completely false. When my wife says this and I'm like, oh, you're attacking me. She wasn't attacking me, but I wanted to believe that because I didn't want to deal with the shame and the accountability of something that I didn't do or something that I did wrong. Getting to the place of understanding the truth of the situation is the only thing that sets people free. Get Myself, getting to the place of understanding the truth of the story of the lies that I believe is the only thing that will set me free. 
If you're struggling with that and not free from the toxic person, the relationship, I want to invite you to go to escapetoxicity.com. It's the place that we have started to build a systematic process day by day for seven days to start walking you through and opening up your eyes and your possibility of narcissistic personality disorder, reactive abuse, boundaries, how to start breaking the trauma bond, and the stories that you believe. That's what is essential. If you can't start to dissemble the stories that you believe, you're stuck in a fantasy that the narcissist has imposed upon you or that you've projected onto them and that you want to believe. Someone brought up the other day about this idea of positive projection. When you look at someone and you're like, no, they're not that bad, and you put like a good idea and a good frame around them when it actually isn't true. So I want to invite you to be careful of that. Go to escapetoxicity.com to start your healing today. <laughs>